Good morning. It's good to be here again with all of you. My name is Patrick Vaughn. Just like I may not remember many of your names in case you don't remember mine. So it's wonderful to be here. And let me pray before we read our scripture for today. Holy and loving God, we are grateful for this beautiful morning. And we pray that you would refresh our spirits as we hear your word, Psalm 27, that you would be our light and salvation, our stronghold as we go out from this place. May we welcome others as you welcome us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's scripture is Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Well, today, this psalm may be familiar to many of you. I believe it is a psalm in which we hear the good news that the Lord takes in the weary. The Lord takes in the weary. I was a little weary, apparently, this morning because I went for a walk and then I forgot to change my shoes. I was on my <laughs> way here and I was like, oh, my, my tennis shoes are still on today. So. Um, Maybe some of you have arrived here uh, weary as well. In July, um, a little over a month ago, two of my best friends and I decided to go on a little three-day, two-night backpacking trip where we, because we had dropped our daughters off at Tall Timbers, uh, the camp for the week, and uh, I grew up with them. And so we went 
for a hike to Lake Chihuacum in the Alpine Lakes wilderness. And it was beautiful, I think, but uh, the mosquitoes were so terrible. The worst I've ever experienced. We were gonna stay at the lake and then we decided to stay on a ridge line instead, hoping that the wind would blow them away, except for it was the stillest night I've ever experienced on a ridge. Um, and they assailed us while we were hiking, biting through our clothing. They were the most vicious, violent mosquitoes I've ever experienced. We ate dinner in the tent with no rain fly on so we could look out and enjoy a little bit of the beauty on the ridgeline. Um, but literally all night long, I just heard it was I was so paranoid, even though they were outside of the tent, um, I was still scared to death that I was going to be eaten alive while I was trying to sleep. And so we cut our trip a day short and uh, just got out of there because it was we couldn't enjoy the beauty around us. The psalmist uh, talks about being under siege. <laughs> I felt like I was under siege from those mosquitoes, but the psalmist, it, it's even worse for him. Evildoers assail me, he says. David says, evildoers assail me to devour my flesh. It's this image of a lion tearing apart prey. Adversaries and foes are mentioned. An army is encamped against him in the day of trouble. And then he says, even my father and my mother forsake me. We're not told in scripture that David's mother and father forsake him, but he uses that, I think, because he's a poet. And it's a way of saying, those closest to me have abandoned me. He is alone. He's isolated. He's weary, persecuted, in need, unsafe, lonely, exposed. David is weary. And he speaks of real troubles, real challenges. That's one of the reasons why I think Psalm 27 is so often, it's a popular Psalm because David is speaking of real troubles, real challenges that we face. We can relate with David being weary under assault. And yet David, within this context of weariness and trouble, he also cries out in trust. The Lord, he begins, the Lord is my light and salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then he ends, I wait, wait on the Lord encouraging others wait on the lord be strong and take heart be courageous and wait on the lord that verb wait that command wait can also it gets translated in the new english translation as rely on the lord because when we wait on the lord we're hoping on the lord we're relying we're trusting that the Lord will hear our cries for help. As David says in the Psalm, you have been my helper. 
David has experienced God as his helper, as one who takes in the weary, as one who forgives. David has been through a lot. He trusted on the Lord when he faced Goliath. He experienced the mercy and the forgiveness and the unconditional love of the Lord when he was called out by Nathan for his sin, for killing or conspiring and murder against Bathsheba's husband and committing adultery. And yet David is forgiven. So David is one who has experienced God taking him in, taking him in in his weary state and he is able to trust the Lord in the midst of his weariness and cry out for help. His most powerful desire, his one thing that he wants more than anything else is this, one thing I asked of the Lord, this I seek, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David's one desire is the presence of the Lord, to dwell in his house, to gaze upon his beauty, to experience his goodness. That's the one desire, his one guiding desire, because David has experienced this in his moments of need. And because it is at the very center of who God is, the Lord is one who takes in the weary. The Lord is one who takes in the weary. In other words, God is a God of radical hospitality, welcoming the stranger and the lonely, the weary. And it's this hospitality that creates the conditions in the context for trust, creates the conditions in the context for David to cry out, the Lord is my light and salvation. The Lord is my helper. And it's why David can say to those at the end of the prayer, to us this morning, wait on the Lord. Be strong. Take courage and wait on the Lord. Because David knows that the Lord is one who extends radical hospitality to us, to the weary. The Lord provides comfort and shelter and protection. In verses 5 and 6, we hear David naming these things. Also, we hear it in that verse, though my father and my mother forsake me, it's the Lord who takes me up. It, that verb, takes me in, receives me, it's translated elsewhere. It's the same verb that's in Isaiah 40. One of my favorite chapters in scripture, it begins with comfort, comfort, my people. It's a chapter of comfort to a weary people. And then in verse 11, Isaiah says, God tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers, he takes in. It's the same bird. He, he takes in the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. God is a God of radical hospitality who takes us in, who gathers the weary to his heart, into his presence. The Lord takes in the weary and carries them close to his heart that they might experience goodness 
Did you hear David say it? Good. I believe that I will experience goodness in the land of the living. It's not just a pie in the sky after I die hope, but David believes that he will experience goodness in the land of the living. Have you ever been weary like David? Maybe you haven't had an army encamped against you, although there are those around our world who pray Psalm 27, those in Ukraine or Congo who have violent adversaries against them. But for us, oftentimes our adversaries are aces and ants. Aces, I work at an elementary school, aces are adverse childhood experiences. They're not just those adverse childhood experiences that impact elementary school or high school kids, but they're those that continue to plague us as adults. Those traumas from our childhood, abandonment or neglect, the death of a family member that cause real issues that we have to deal with that encamp against us or ants, automatic negative thoughts. <laughs> One of my counselors told me that and uh, it's a helpful acronym. Those automatic negative thoughts that just spring up when you encounter challenge and difficulty like David, when adversaries and challenges in your life and then all of a sudden those thoughts of, I messed up again. I always mess up. I'm a failure. Shame. Belief that you just aren't good enough. Those automatic negative thoughts. Oh, I did it again. I'm never going to learn. Poverty, violence, loneliness, depression, anxiety. These are more likely the foes and the adversaries that assail us and threaten to devour our flesh, that encamp against us, that have us under siege. And Psalm 27 gives us words to use to cry out in our distress, to join David and to name the real challenges, the real trouble that we are facing in our life. And Psalm 27 gives us real words of trust, to trust that the Lord is one who takes in the weary. We see Jesus doing this all the time. Jesus taking in the weary, taking in the woman at the well who is plagued with the automatic negative thought and the real shame of her community for having multiple husbands. And so she has to go to the well in the middle of the heat of the day and Jesus takes her in. Or the man possessed by demons who's injuring himself and Jesus casts out the demons and takes him in or a leper who Jesus touches and takes in a ragtag group of disciples. Mary Magdalene 
Mary and Martha in the midst of their mourning and their grief. Jesus meets these people in the day of their trouble and he takes them in. He gathers them to the heart of God and extends radical hospitality to them. When I was a freshman in college, I was at my low point and someone suggested that I go to a a college fellowship group and so I went and I didn't know anybody and I was there and then Jack just graduated the year before came up to me and he was got to know me a little bit and then right there he asked do you want to be part of a, a group of guys that I meet with who are all freshmen like you that act of hospitality of welcome changed the course of that freshman year for me Jesus extends radical hospitality, but here's the magic part about hospitality, about taking others in. Jesus tells this parable for why I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then it said, Jesus says, the righteous said, when did we do that for you? And Jesus says, whenever you did this, to the least of these, you did it to me. When we extend hospitality, we actually experience the fulfillment of David's one desire to dwell in the presence of the Lord and to gaze upon his beauty. In these moments of hospitality, we are in the presence of Jesus. He is there in our midst. So not only do we experience the hospitality of God when we receive hospitality from another, when Jack asked me to come and be part of this group and experience belonging, but we also experience the presence of Jesus when we are those who extend hospitality to others. I think this is a beautiful thing that is so easy to miss. We think that, you know, we focus so much on serving others that we can get up caught up in doing something good and yet it's actually in that act of extending hospitality that we are ministered to we're not just extending god's love by ministering but god ministers to us in those moments jesus takes in the weary Jesus takes you close to his heart, both when you receive hospitality and you are drawn close to the heart of Jesus when you extend hospitality to others, when you take in another. It can be a simple act. It can mean around a dinner table, but some of you i've shared about my bicycle accident and it was an act of hospitality 
when a woman driving down the road saw me unconscious there, crashed, and she stopped. I don't know her, I never met her, but she stopped and she called 911. That is an act of hospitality, of gathering someone in, of extending grace to another. It can be little small things. It doesn't mean gathering in a stranger to your dinner table, it can, but it can be a small moment enough to pause and be aware of the other. Jesus is aware of us and gathers us in, and that is good news. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.